Now, before I start off with the podcast, I have a disclaimer for everyone. I am not a journalist. I'm a music producer slash songwriter. So if anything seems rushed or inexperienced, I apologize in advance. Thank you and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to CityCast, an independent Manchester City podcast, hosted by me, Marilansky. In the first episode, we will discuss City's win over Leicester in the Carabao Cup, as well as some transfer rumors. On Tuesday the 19th, City beat Leicester City in the Carabao Cup, which is formerly known as the League Cup, on penalties after referee Bobby Madley added on 8 minutes of injury time during which he gave Leicester a non-penalty after Demaray Gray decided to dive in the City penalty area. Fortunately for City, they won the game in the end and progressed through. Bernardo Silva scored for Manchester City and he was assisted by Ilkay Gundogan and Jamie Vardy scored a so-called penalty for Leicester City. Now, the referee's performance is something that needs to be talked about. My personal feeling is that Bobby Madley needs to be investigated. This wasn't being inept or unqualified to do the job. This was something else. This is twice in as many games he's tried to do us now. First with the red card for Walker against Everton, and now this. It was disgraceful and people laugh it off, but he affected the game and he started doing it not long after Bernardo Silva scored the first goal. There were so many Leicester City players that were allowed to foul and foul and foul and were not giving any cards and City were sometimes not even given free kicks, even though those free kicks were obvious. I have to say that Madley's decision-making against Cal Walker is just as sinister as the ones that Clattenburg took against Sterling, or those decisions that Clattenburg used to take against Sterling. Something really dubious is going on. He's obviously got it in for Walker, as there's been three yellows in about 20 minutes of football, and perhaps, and I cannot stress this enough, perhaps only one of them would have been brandished by a decent referee. I feel like referees will try to balance out the games and allow weaker oppositions to put an extra 20% on all tackles. I've seen some Barcelona fans talk about this online, that during their Pep era, whenever the team outplayed the opposition, the ref would then try to look the other way and allow the opposition to foul them more before giving out cards or free kicks. In my opinion, and every decent football fan's opinion, Ray should be retrospectively banned for his dive. Now, there was some positives from the game. The youngsters that played, for instance. Overall, I was impressed with Foden, Brahim and Tosin. Later when Nemesha came on, I could see some sparks of his talent and the way he took people on was beautiful. His dribbling was on point. Tom Dele Bashiru looked promising with his passing and his positioning too. The only thing with him was that he looked a tad bit nervous, which, of course, is understandable. 
given that it is his first team debut. Overall, I was really impressed by the youngsters, or as Mendy would call them, baby sharks. Now let's move on to some news. David Silva's absence continues to puzzle fans and reporters. But according to reports in Spain, David Silva is currently there for a family emergency and he has requested that the media respect his privacy at this time. In general, I feel that Silva is the type of person and player who wants to go about his business quietly. He has never sought fame or attention or the building of a brand. If this is true with regards to his class and success on the pitch, I'm sure it also applies to his personal life. So as fans, we should respect his privacy and stop speculating about what's wrong. Also, an arrest had been made in the matter of the person who attacked and abused Raheem Sterling prior to the game against Tottenham. Police say that they have arrested a 29-year-old man for the attack. According to Sam Lee at Goal, Gabriel Jesus has agreed to sign a new contract, which is expected to run until 2023. This should be supported by everyone who's a blue. Gabriel Jesus is definitely the future, and he is the heir apparent to Aguero after Aguero decides to go back to Ipendente in Argentina in a few years' time. And plus, Gabriel Jesus is already better at some aspects of the game that Pep wants to play than Aguero is. For instance, the off-the-ball running, the pressing, and the link-up play as well. Now, he doesn't compare to Aguero yet as a finisher and a goal scorer, but that will come with time. City are also, according to various media outlets, still looking to sign Alexis Sanchez in January. This is a transfer that splits the opinion by most Blues, as Sanchez is nearing 30 and has looked moody in recent months. There are arguably three more positions that we need to improve before signing another attacker, which is left-back, center-back and defensive midfield. Although I feel like defensive midfield will be Douglas Luiz's position once he comes back from loan on Girona. Obviously, no one would moan if we signed Sanchez, but I have honestly no idea how he would fit in when someone like Bernardo Silva is still struggling for game time. There is a positive though. Given Sanchez free reign to play anywhere across the front line would allow the option for Sergio Aguero to revert back to his former role as more of a central striker if and when it's required. Also, Sanchez brings another dimension to City's game. City have also, according to reports, sent out scouts to watch Sergei Milinkovic-Savic, a 22-year-old who stands at 6'3 with great passing ability who currently plays for Lazio in Serie A. From what I understand, he's a very promising talent. The blend of height, power and technique reminds people of Yaya Toure in his pomp, but with more intelligence on the pitch and with more pace and better decision-making abilities. He mostly plays as a deep-lying 8 for Lazio. According to Transfermarkt, Lazio wants to beat the Pogba price when selling Milinkovic-Savic, so they're out to get over 100 million euros. This is funny though. He's not worth that at the moment. Perhaps he will never be worth that. Maybe he will. But I remember one thing. Torino also thought they were going to get 100 million euros for Andrea Bellotti. I'd be shocked if he went for anything near that or anything over 70 million euros. Wilfred Saha has also recently been linked with City, especially in the last week. This is a transfer that should not happen. He is not good enough and a lot of his games just flash. He's a good dribbler and all, but 
he's not clinical enough. He looks very inconsistent. And he's not what we need when we already have Sterling, Sane, Jesus, Roberts, Moreno, and potentially Sanchez, plus some academy kids coming through. The majority of basis for this rumor stems from him being flashy at a lower tier club. Simply put, not good enough and definitely not needed given that we already have so many wingers. Virgil van Dijk is another player who has been linked with City. Once again, he's not good enough to play for City. He's a good center back, but he's not good enough with the ball and his form has dipped dramatically this season. Plus, his asking price is too high for someone with his limited abilities. I do believe that he will move either in January or the summer. The fee will be high, but in context of other transfers, it may actually seem reasonable somehow. The most likely team for him to transfer to is Liverpool, in my opinion, especially if it's a summer move. If it's January, unfortunately, I think he will come to us. I feel like we should look more to Inigo Martinez, who we've also been linked with in the past. Aaron Martins has also been linked with us heavily in the summer, and he has continued to be linked with us during the season. He's a left back that plays for Espanyol. Although he's only 20 years old, there are rumors about him being called away to England to play for Pep. He's played for every Spanish national team except the first team. According to City Watch, Espanyol is ready to sell the young left back for 17.6 million pounds. But in June, his release clause becomes 40 million euros. So if Espanyol has found some financial stability before then, they could up the asking price. Now, let's move on to something else like scouting. Given the success of the Gabriel Jesus signing and the fact that we have numerous players from South America, it kind of made me wonder if we should be looking at more players from that region of the world. A realistic options for us fans would be to check out the stats of fullbacks, midfielders and wingers in the top four or five teams in the different leagues to grasp a better concept on who might be available for us to sign or who we might be interested in signing. Like for instance, at Sao Paulo there is Rodrigo Chao, who is 24-year-old centre-back and defensive midfielder. He was a centre-back of the Olympic squad in, of Brazil in 2016. Valencia has tried to sign him, but he failed the medical exams. So far, he's played 35 times and received 9 yellow cards. He currently has a passing percentage of around 90% and averages 1.4 tackles per game and 1.9 interceptions per game, 5 clearances per game and 0.6 blocks per game. He usually wins 2.3 aerial duels per game and has a foul ratio of 0.7 fouls per game. He also averages 3.5 successful long balls per game and 0.6 shots per game. But if we move back in age a little bit to a little bit younger and more promising players, in Brazil, Santos has Zeca, who is a young right-footed left back, who also occasionally plays right back. He took Emerson's place in the Santos squad and Emerson now plays for Roma. So far this season, Zeca has played 17 times, getting one assist and two yellow cards. He has a passing percentage of around 85% and has an average shot ratio of 0.7 shots per game. Defensively, he averages 1.8 tackles per game, 0.9 interceptions, 2.9 clearances, 0.2 blocks 
and 0.5 fouls per game. He also averaged 0.9 key passes, 0.4 dribbles, and 2.9 successful long balls per game. But when people talk about scouting in South America, they usually get hung up on Brazil. In fact, there are other nations that have very promising young players. For instance, in Argentina, Ezequiel Barco is an 18-year-old attacking midfielder who plays for Cunaguero's old club, Dependiente. He's a very raw playmaker in the Argentine top flight, but he has great ball control and is an excellent dribbler. He seems a little light and inexperienced, but experience comes with time, so does muscle mass. A negative is that he holds on to the ball for a little bit too long. Right now he would not be a candidate to come straight into the city squad, but he would be most probably loaned out to one of the top flight European leagues if we were to acquire him. This season he has played a total amount of 20 times and managed to score 4 goals and get 2 assists in total. He averages a passing percentage of around 84% so far, 0.9 shots per game, 2.3 key passes per game, 1.8 dribbles per game, 1.5 crossers per game, and 0.8 successful long balls per game. He is highly thought of in Argentina and South America and rumors about big European clubs coming for him has started to circulate. If you look to more obscure countries when it comes to football talent in South America, Paraguay is certainly one though. But a defensive hope has taken a light in Paraguay, and he shall be called Sal Salcido. Sal Salcido is a 20-year-old centre-back who stands at 180 centimeters and currently plays for Huracan on loan from Olympia. He has played 52 times for Olympia, making his debut in 2014, and he's managed to score 5 goals for them. While on loan, he's played 12 times for Huracan, and between 2015 and 2017, he played 9 times for Paraguay's under-20 team, and he was also named in Paraguay's provisional squad for the most recent Copa America. During his career, he has so far received 11 yellow cards and 2 red cards, he averages about 1.3 tackles per game, 1.5 interceptions per game, 6.8 clearances per game, and 0.5 fouls per game. His passing abilities is the only thing that needs a little bit of work, with only 0.2 key passes per game and the passing percentage just a little above 60%. Sal Salcido should be someone City are looking at. He will obviously not go into the first team straight away. Alone to Girona for a year would probably be doing some good, make him get used to the European leagues and how things are played in Europe. And when it comes to his passing abilities, that would most likely improve in Spain because of the basis for how almost every team in Spain play is built on passing and passing ability and technique. Unfortunately, it's easy to talk about signing South American talent, especially if you're an English team. Unfortunately for City, they are somewhat at a disadvantage at the moment in signing South American talent because of the laws in the UK and in case someone has forgot, there was a problem with Gabriel Jesus' transfer and him getting a work permit for a couple of weeks when he signed. Fortunately for us, it got sorted out, but work permit problems, especially now that the UK is about to Brexit, could become a bigger issue when signing players from South America or Asia or other places that are not Europe. Even in Europe it could be a problem 
since the UK won't be part of the EU, it might hinder teams from signing players from Spain, Germany, Belgium and other places in Europe as well. But it will most likely affect the signing of players from other continents the most. And that's it for the first episode of CityCast. I have been your host, Meyer Lansky. You can follow me on Twitter at DMeyerLansky. Thank you, and I hope you will listen again. If you like this podcast, remember to rate, comment, and subscribe.